Welcome to Teach Back Tuesday, where we play the most popular episodes from the previous season. This week's episode, Minimizing Strife at Family Gatherings, was a popular favorite in December of 2021 when it first aired. The three suggestions in this episode are practical and based on the everyday things that tend to come up. You know, things like this. Someone wants to debate at the dinner table, and then it becomes contentious. Or maybe whoever was preparing the meal tried to recreate a restaurant experience and it left them exhausted and crabby from all the prep. Or perhaps you had guests that have special requests and they caught you off guard by letting you know at the last minute. Regardless of how the strife occurs, we can have a plan to diffuse it if we're prepared. Ready for three helpful suggestions in under 10 minutes? Let's listen. Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, conference speaker, and teacher. She is passionate about teaching what to do with what we learn from God's Word. Now back to today's valuable study. How can we have gatherings with loved ones who have strongly held differing opinions? Is it possible? Yes, it is. We can only control our side of the relationship, but we can do our best to be God-honoring without becoming the leader on a self-appointed debate team. I'll share three guidelines that I abide by in our home with a goal of providing ideas, not mandates. These are unwritten rules that I just quietly employ. First, no volatile discussions at the dinner table, and if you can help it, don't have them in other rooms either. We can tell when a hot topic is coming up. We know it when we hear it, so we have a chance to stop the churning of the butter. Listen to the principle in Proverbs chapter 30, verses 32 to 33. If thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself, or if thou hast thought evil, lay thine hand upon thy mouth. Surely the churning of milk bringeth forth butter, and the wringing of the nose bringeth forth blood. So the forcing of wrath bringeth forth strife. You can pick a fight if you want to, but you're the one who's churning the butter. When we know better, we can do better. When a person doesn't know better, they cannot do better. It really rests upon us to lead in this situation. We don't want to stir up strife when we can already sense that it's coming. Now understand, you may have a point, but you don't have to drive it home at the family gathering. Aim to keep the atmosphere free of strife and as pleasant as possible, especially if you already know which topics will cause the flare-ups. Besides, it's unlikely you're going to change anyone's mind by arguing, but you could win your argument and lose your influence. If you have a mixed group, and most families are made up of mixed groups from a variety of beliefs, it is wise to keep the conversation on a pleasant level. If you have loved ones, especially loved ones who are unbelievers, they don't need an argument. They need to see Jesus in you and in your home. You're trying to maintain and retain an influence to possibly share the gospel at some point in time. When we know that certain topics are going to cause strife, we can plan not to take the bait. If it's tossed into the conversation, we don't have to gulp it. For example, Unbelieving family members may accuse you of being in a cult because you don't want to be vaccinated. 
Never mind that if you used similar labeling tactics, you would cause a war of words like no other. Opt out of the word war. Plan a simple statement, maybe something like this. Well, loved one, we all have choices, and right now I'm choosing to enjoy sharing this meal with you. And then drop it. Welcome to the life of meekness and lowliness. We must get in line and take a number behind Christ because he endured far worse than anything we've been experiencing. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty nine. You've heard me quote this verse before. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Take the yoke of Christ and wear it proudly. Learning to be more like Jesus means we won't overreact to insults, insinuations, or other perceived offenses. If you think it's prudent to have a potentially heated discussion after the family meal, that's your decision. But it may be better to save those topics for one-on-one so that you don't end up with an atmosphere filled with awkwardly overheated air. A second unwritten house rule that I employ is this. Model Christ-likeness. Now I'm going to speak directly to the women of the homes in our listening audience. If we allow ourselves to get too tangled up in details, we'll soon find ourselves crabby and moody and just not much fun to be around. How does this happen? Too many plans and not enough simplicity, that's how. When we're grumpy, that irritable spirit is really hard to miss. What poor timing! We finally have everyone together and then we cloud the room with a bad attitude? Know thyself, sister friend, and stay on top of whatever it takes for you to be in a right spirit when you're with family and friends. Proverbs 16.32, which is very similar to Proverbs 25.28, tells us this, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. Very similar to the ruling over our own spirit verse found in 2528. Understand that crabby people are angry about something, but instead of resolving the issue, they usually take it out on the innocent bystanders. Have you ever been clobbered by somebody? They walked into a room and jumped you for something and you're wondering, what, what, what did I do? What did I say? You didn't do anything. You didn't say anything. You're dealing with somebody who's cantankerous. Figure out whatever makes you cranky and then avoid that so that you don't end up wrecking the family time. Is it the hours you're spending in the kitchen? Edit your menu. Who needs 15 kinds of cookies and desserts? Only a person trying to gain the festive 15. You know, that's like the freshman 15, 15 pounds that you have to fight for 15 months to get them back off. Cut back on all that cooking and baking and spend time with the people instead. Or maybe you've run yourself ragged with all the decorating and gift shopping and then holiday fellowships again and again. Now we have opportunities to say no, but if we don't employ them, we'll end up overbooked, overtired, and not very enjoyable to be around. We can't model Christ-likeness when we're cranky, but our selfishness will be hanging out and we will need to tuck that back in if we want things to go well. Family gatherings are not the time to be grouchy or sullen. Aren't these gatherings all about others? Let's not make the mistake of making it all about us. And finally, a third house policy is this. Be as accommodating as possible. One family member needs a gluten-free meal. 
Another may not want to sit at a table with people who aren't vaccinated. Add small children who don't care to stay in their seats, and you've got a really good mix. Does this irritate you, or do you have the frame of mind that's ready and willing to serve? It's funny how we tend to be selective about this issue of making concessions or allowances for some but not for others. I'm not even talking about compromising any kind of biblical principles here. I'm referring to simpler things, such as providing alternate food options for people with allergies or having additional seating at a separate table if someone prefers to have a bit more space. Now, granted, the pandemic has increased the list of requests that some family members and guests may make, but the requests aren't as big an issue as our response to them. Accommodating others is the art of thinking beyond ourselves. Making concessions for others should be done with a goal of being a blessing. That's the effect we want to have. A great reminder verse for this principle is found in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. It says this, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. The ministry of hospitality applies to our family as well as to our friends and acquaintances. It is loving and thoughtful to accommodate people as much as possible, with the key phrase being, as possible. Sometimes we simply can't indulge every request, but when we can, it's just another way of saying, I love you. Prepare for unusual requests by asking questions in advance. That way you can relax and just enjoy people being there. These three suggestions are not a guarantee that you won't have any issues at your next gathering. They're just starter ideas to help you prepare for hosting with a greater chance of having a pleasant and peaceful outcome. Please know that I'm not trying to imply that I've handled every disagreement perfectly. The opposite is true. I can write about this because I've learned the hard way, as well as continuing to learn how God would prefer that I handle thorny matters. We will never agree on every subject, no matter who we are, but we can spend time together without excessive drama if we're prepared. Pray before every event you host in your home. Ask the Lord to show you how to be a blessing to everyone who comes through that door, and then just savor the sweetness of being together. Psalm 34 verse 3 is a great theme verse for now and the coming year. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. You've been listening to Keep the Heart with Francie Taylor. Subscribe to this podcast and be sure to follow Keep the Heart on Instagram. For more from Francie, visit keeptheheart.com for devotionals, books, Bible studies, and more. Visit keeptheheart.com today. Thank you for listening.